0: Do you know, we're really at the closing moments of the service this morning. And um, isn't it amazing just to see that, that Christmas scene depicted before our eyes this morning. You see, we all love to give gifts, don't we? We wrap our presents up and we buy our gifts and we write the names of our loved ones on those gifts so that we can give out those gifts on Christmas Day. What a joy it is. You know, to be able to give a gift to another person and to see the excitement and the joy on their face as they open that present. You know, I remember living in Ebervale and getting up one Christmas morning. My nan and gramp there couldn't afford much, but they'd gone down to the market prior to Christmas Day and bought me my gift. And I didn't know what was going to be inside, under the wrapping. And as I opened it, I saw it before my very eyes. High karate aftershave. Wow. I put it on. It didn't last for very, very long. But you know what? It matters not really what's inside the wrapping. When you open the gift and you see the the expression of joy on the giver's face as you receive that gift. That's what it's all about. It really is. And you know, God, just like us, loves to give His gift. Not only, you know, does Christmas mean that we get the opportunity to experience the joy of giving gifts. But it's a moment where we remember where God gave the greatest gift of all. As we have seen this morning, depicted in this play by the children. Jesus came into our world. And you know, when you read in the Bible about those first beginning moments of when Christ came into our world, God didn't choose the most convenient moment in time to give his gift into our world. It was the darkest moment. It was the coldest moment. It was when everything was uncertain in the world. If God had waited for the most convenient moment, for the most perfect moment to give His Son, Jesus, Jesus would never have been given. But God gave His gift when there was unrest, political unrest, when there was all kinds of trouble in the world, when the world was at its darkest, God sent His Son, Jesus, into our world. And as we've, as we've seen this morning, You know, in those first moments when Gabriel came into Mary's life in Nazareth, he announced the glad tidings. She was favored by God. This young virgin woman, she was purposed by God and planned by God to carry in her womb the Son of God, the King of all kings. Gabriel said that his kingdom would never end. His rule would be would be without end. He would be great. He would be the Savior of the world. And Mary, in that moment of knowing that she was going to carry the Son of God, couldn't contain her excitement. She began to sing out a song of joy, knowing that she had been chosen by God. What an incredible moment. Do you know, many of us in this room are parents. And you'll know as well as I know, the moment that you find out that you're expecting a little baby, oh, what joy that news brings. You know, Faye and I have four children, and every time that we found out that Faye's pregnant, the joy, the anticipation, the preparation, the planning that all goes into play just to secure The future and the early beginning moments of the child that's going to be born. And as we, you know, experience that on four occasions now. Every time we've been prepared. Every time we've planned. Every time, you know, you go out shopping. And you buy the the new cot. And you buy the Moses basket. You decorate the room. Why? Because you want to do everything you can to plan for the new arrival. You meet your midwife. You decide which hospital you're going to go to to deliver the baby. And I'm sure Joseph and Mary were just like that. They planned. They prepared. Mary knew that she was going to bring the Son of God into the world. Oh, the planning. All the preparation. They must have readied the room in their home in Nazareth. And then suddenly... An edict goes out from Caesar Augustus that every man had to return to their home to register for a census that would that was given. So Mary and Joseph had to leave Bethlehem, uh, had to leave Nazareth to travel a hundred miles to Bethlehem, whilst Mary was heavily pregnant. Their plans, their preparation. Their home, they had to leave. And everything, it seems as, as if it was falling apart and coming undone. But simply, they obeyed. They trusted God, even amidst the uncertainty of not knowing what was going to meet them in Bethlehem. And finally, when they arrived in Bethlehem, the Bible says that they tried to find room. Luke chapter 2, we can read it. Verse 7 says this, And she brought forth, that's Mary, And she, Mary, brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn, in Bethlehem. They took a hundred mile journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem whilst Mary was heavily pregnant. And when they arrived there, Everything was unprepared. Nothing was planned for. And suddenly they find themselves in a cattle shed. Jesus is born in darkness. Jesus was born. The Savior of the world. The King of all kings. The one who the angel announced would be great. The one who they said his kingdom will never end. Was born in a dirty cattle shed and laid in an animal feeding trough. That's how God entered into our world. That's how Jesus was born. Why was he born in a stable? Why was he laid in an animal feeding trough? Well, I believe that there's a message in that beginning moment of Jesus' arrival into our earth that's relevant for every single one of us today. And it's this. Do you know what? Jesus doesn't need our preparations. Jesus doesn't need our planning. He just comes at any given moment to be born in the stable, in the manger of the human heart. He really does. They tried so hard to get into an inn where it would be warm, where it would be enclosed, where it would be private, where it would be intimate. There was no room there. No room. All of their attempts to bring Christ into a nice, warm, comfortable environment failed and fell to the ground. And they were out in some backyard, in some animal shed. And Jesus is born. Do you know what? This whole scene, this whole beginning moment of Christ coming into our world mirrors the human heart. That's the message today when you look At these beginning moments of Christ entering into our world, nothing was prepared, nothing was planned for humanly, but it was all planned for and prepared for by God, for the Savior of the world, the Savior of our lives to come. I remember the beginning moments when I felt that Jesus was knocking on the door of my life. I remember it clearly. I hadn't planned for it. I hadn't prepared for his arrival. In fact, the state of my life, I certainly didn't think that he would ever pay any interest in me. But I remember becoming very conscious and aware of the fact that God loved me. That God wanted to reach me. That God wanted to live in this cold, empty, bare heart of mine. And I thought he needed everything neat and tidy and everything nice and clean inside. Oh, how wrong I was. And that's the greatest surprise of Christmas is that God loves us. God loves us. God accepts us. God wants to actually move in and live within us. You say, well, Dave, there's a lot of stuff in me that I don't think God would like. Well, look around the room. I'm telling you, that's the story of every single one of us. It really is. None of us would put our hand up and say, Hey, do you know what? My heart's like a nice, clean palace. Come on in. Everything's prepared for you. I make room for you. Or my life is like a nice, warm inn. Everything's laid out just as you need it to be laid out. No. Very often our lives, if we're honest... Just mirror that cold, empty cattle shed that has no glamour, has no glitz, is in many ways pushed to the back and run down and abused. That's the human heart. But you know what God says? I love you. I love you and I want to live inside you And I want to make all things brand new in you. Do you know, as we close today, I remember a number of Christmases ago going to Cumbran Community Farm. What a great place that is. And it was at Christmas. We wanted to show the kids around. And whilst we were there, they had a little nativity scene going on in the cattle shed. And really, when you see it in a cattle shed, it really does bring home exactly what happened and the reality of that first moment when Mary gave birth to Jesus in that cattle shed. We watched as they brought a little baby in, a little doll, like we had today. And there was bales of hay. There was all kinds of different animals and then there was the smell of the cattle shed. And there was the noise of it all. And you just, you just understand how, in many ways, how awful it was. How awful it was. But it pictures the human heart. Listen, don't count yourself out. God loves you. Don't, don't ever think that God won't come into your heart and and reach right in there and take away those fears, take away that cold, empty place and live in it with you. Amen. That's the message of Christmas. That's why it's still as relevant today as it's always been. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son So that whosoever believes in Him, not behaves good, not, you know, has got lots of ticks against their name. But whosoever believes in Him, Christ Jesus, will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the message. That's the meaning of Christmas. The Bible says this of Jesus. says, behold, I stand. At the door and knock. That's the door of our life. You know you're so important that God pays a visit to all of us individually. And we feel him and we sense him. And he knocks and he waits at the door of our life. He doesn't kick it down. And come as some intruder, some thief and demand, hey, I'm your creator. I'm your savior. I've given my life for you. I'm coming on in to your heart, into your life, whether you like it or not. No, God never does that. Jesus waits patiently. He'll wait years just knocking at the door of your heart. Will you let me in today? Will you let me come in to the stable of your life? I won't be offended by what I see. I won't reject you because of what you've done or what you've been involved with or the story of your past. No, that's why I'm here. I'm here to save you, to help you, to comfort you. To be everything that I've promised, that I've promised to be. We're going to pray right now. He's knocking at the door of your heart. My prayer is that for my heart, I pray that I'll never be like that innkeeper that turns him away and says, sorry, there's no room here for you to be born. There's no room here for you to live. Because just too busy inside, just got too much on at the moment. I hope when he knocks at the door of my life, I pray that there'll always be an openness. Come on in. Be born here. Live in here, in my life. When people realized that Christ could be born in their hearts, they cried out and asked a question, what must we do to experience this salvation? And the answer was, you ain't got to do anything. Just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. You ain't got to do anything. Just believe. And that's the wonderful message of Christmas today. Just believe in the simplicity of what's been said, in the simplicity of what we've seen, the message that these children have portrayed so wonderfully. Just believe that. Believe that Jesus has come to be your Savior. Believe that Jesus has come. To live in your life. Not to give you a religion, but to have a new relationship with Him. We're going to pray right now. And maybe you want to pray this prayer quietly. I encourage you to pray this prayer quietly in your heart. Listen, I prayed this prayer in a field, in a tent. And God came into my life. Life was messed up. All kinds of stuff inside me that I didn't want God to see. He already knew it was there. Because he loved me and still loves me. He said, Dave, I love you. I want to take care of you. But listen, just believe. Just believe that I want to be your Savior. We're going to do that now by just a simple prayer. I want to help you. Pray this prayer quietly in your heart. Then... We're going to stand and we're going to sing. We're going to have some tea after. But this is, a, this is a special moment this morning. Because some of us need peace. Some of us need help with the fears that are racking our minds. Some of us need comfort because of the pain and the grief that we feel. And Jesus is here. Not to give you religion, but to give you a relationship. I'll help you with that that grief. I'll help you with that rejection. Some of us are rejected today. Have you ever been rejected? We all have. It's awful. You feel alone. Nobody there that cares anymore. Do you know what? Jesus will never leave us. This is what he said. Never forsake us. What we're going to do together today, all of us, We're going to pray a prayer and we're going to ask Jesus to come into our hearts and He's going to give you and He's going to give all of us that peace that only He can give. He's going to give us that comfort that only He can bring right down in that place, that cold, empty place called our heart that sometimes feels so dark. He's going to come and He's going to be that light to you. I'm telling you, a miracle, a miracle is going to take place from a simple prayer, from a simple, from a simple cry from your heart today to Jesus. Amen. Let's close our eyes. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing. Say this, just quietly, quietly in your heart and mean it and believe it. Say, Jesus, I believe that you love me. I believe that you were born to be my Savior. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that not only you died on the cross, but you rose again. And now, today, you want to live in my heart. Jesus, I want to open the door. I'm telling you now, I want to open the door of my life and allow you to come in. Please give me the peace I need, the comfort I'm looking for, the forgiveness. Wash me clean. I ask you now. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, listen now very carefully. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I'm telling you now, God has heard it and a miracle has begun. You say, Dave, is it that easy? Yeah. I prayed a prayer when I was 15 years of age in a field in Bilth Wells in a tent, just like that, probably even more crude than that. God help me! Right? I'm telling you, he heard me because I believed. He heard me and you don't become, you know, the patron saint of Ebervale, the patron saint of Pontypool, the... No, life is full of ups and downs, but I'm telling you now, there's one who sticks closer than a brother. A miracle has begun in your heart today. Amen? Why don't.